Dear Gratitude, an anthology is out. With over 50 different perspectives and stories on gratitude, this book captures what most books don't. The secret sauce is in the number of voices and stories where you'll be sure to find a personal connection to so many as I did. A really excellent book, David Freeman. Found exclusively on Amazon.com. Hello, I'm Chris Palmer. Welcome to Graduate Space Radio. I've got a trio. There's a trio of us today, which is awesome. So I'm going to bring in my good friend, Bobby Coots. Hey, Bobby. Hey, what's up now? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Great, grateful for you to be here, my friend. I'm grateful to be here. It looks like the lighting, that or you've, uh, you've toned up better since our last time with Bree. Yeah, it was a little red last time. The sun had taken a toll on me, I think. Now, I don't know what the red light effect was that day, but it was nonetheless here. And today we look a little bit more human. So that's good. It's beautiful. So before we see our guests real quick, I'd like you to just go ahead and share a little bit about your book. Yeah, very briefly, the, you know, the Someday Solution is just about how as human beings, when we say yes to ourselves and we stop saying someday I'll and you fill in the blank, whatever it is that you said to yourself that you would do someday, having the understanding that someday will never come. Uh, the only time that we have is the present moment right now. So say yes to you. Check out the Someday Solution. I hope it gives you some guidance so that you can bring whatever it is that you want to do to reality and in the moment. Beautiful. Love it. Now, now, my friend, you're the one that introduced us to our guest. You're the one that, anyways, you give a little intro here and we'll bring Daniel in. Right. So Daniel is the author of a book that I'm, I believe is going to be one of those books that compels humanity to step into the understanding that we are not separate, that we're all connected, that really at our core, at the center of who we are as human beings, that we're really all the same. And there's only this illusion of separation that exists. And Daniel used characters and storytelling to help bring the story back together to explain how we're really all part of one big mosaic. Beautiful, let's bring him in. So we got, you're, you're in Las Vegas, I'm in Kentucky, and now we're bringing in California. Daniel, welcome, hey. welcome. How are you doing? I am so... Uh, envious of all the graphics, all the music, all the sounds, all you guys, the two of you together. Look at this sunshine and, and, and behind me. Uh, what a beautiful moment. Thank you so much for not only being with you here, but for inviting me to be on the show. I'm so looking forward to spending time with the two of you and whoever is listening. I love you both. For anybody who doesn't have their books, please go out immediately and get their books. Uh, you will not regret it. These are from these are two people, as you well know, that are beautiful human beings, and it's my honor to sit amongst beautiful human beings. So thank you. Real quick, Chris, I just have to say something that Dan, because I think it's really important to understand this. You know, there's a phrase that says that the world is a mirror forever reflecting what we're doing within ourselves. And I think what you just expressed just now is a reflection of you and what you bring to this conversation. And we are so excited that you said yes, because in life we can say yes or we can say no, right? It's a choice. And there was no possibility that. to say no to this chat. That is possible. I love that. I love that. <laughs> Chris, take it away, my friend. This is your show. Let's 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 have some fun. 
Okay, well, you know, Daniel, um, I love to start these um, with a little pre-gratitude. So, obviously, this is a grateful moment, and I always like to talk about the mechanics. What are the grateful? What were the grateful mechanics or people that led to this moment? So, obviously, sitting where I'm at, I can say Bobby. Bobby is the is the you know he's the one the catalyst that allowed us to be sitting in this room together. He's the catalyst that allowed me to know that Daniel exists. <laughs> Which is awesome, yeah. right? Uh, you know, we've had bet, very little. I, Go ahead. I bet he's the catalyst for a lot of people getting to know a lot of things because he's just that type of person. He's got a heart of gold. Every time he speaks, I just am enthralled by what he's saying. And I'm so honored sometimes of the things that he says about the mosaic and about me and about you, Chris. And um, this is a charming human being, and you can't get enough of him. So. Yeah. As are you, and the little bit that I've gotten to know you, Chris, I, I love your letters of gratitude and the idea of what a letter of gratitude can mean. It's beautiful. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you for that. Uh, I loved what you said about Bobby. I, I echo that same thing. And speaking, so how, what were the mechanics, Daniel, of you meeting Bobby? Or what was the mechanics of you all getting into this room? So who can we thank there? <laughs> I think we have to thank Miracle Morning. I think yeah. that's the I think that's the place. I I you know, I live out in California where Miracle Morning happens early in the morning. I get up early in the morning, but I normally am quiet and in in prayer and meditation. Um, but the last few weeks, months, maybe it's hard to know. Um, sleep is becoming less and less valuable in my time. And I'm awake much, much more. I feel like this incredible energy is moving through me. And so I'm finding myself waking up earlier to meditate. And I just went on Clubhouse and I found this room just of a huge amount of people that were just all in celebration of this process. And I ventured in one day and um, ventured in a second day and a third day and a fourth day uh, until the point where at one point I actually said something. and. I think through that, Bobby and I met, and I just fell in love. You know, there's a, it doesn't take long to fall, fall in love with love. It just is, it just beams, it beams love, and I just uh, instantly fell in love with him and felt like this is a man that uh, I would be honored to be by his side. And then I was even more honored by the kindness and the, and the beauty of his words and the gentleness of his being. And um, I'm, I'm moved beyond imagination by how generous he's been. And also, Chris, when we had a conversation, I was just touched by our conversation together and, and how the power of gratitude and what just simply writing a letter of gratitude might do. Um, I. I'm, I'm truly honored to be here, so I don't know what the politics are. I don't. I think even what I'm saying gives me a whole lot more importance in the process than I think I deserve. I just think the guy with the big mosaic in front of him started to move some pieces around, and I just happened to bump into this guy that I couldn't get unstuck from, and mm. so I like and I liked it. That's beautiful. What I love. What so real quick here just to back up so you just stumbled across Clubhouse this this room in Clubhouse or did somebody invite you? 
No, I just stumbled in. So it was okay. Is this random occurrence? Just you see, yeah, but, you find, you show up. Yeah, but they they draw 200, 300 people into this room, and I just think, what the heck? Who's up at five? I mean, for me, it's it was like five o'clock in the morning. And right. I'm wondering who the hell is up at five o'clock in the morning, 300 of which are sitting in this room, you know? And I thought I just got to go in and see who these loonies are that are just like me. And and each there there's a method to what they're doing, that is a system to what they're doing that is making life more beautiful and more resounding and more exquisite for each person living it. And they are literally changing the lives of human beings through their methodology that they practice. I'm not, I don't practice that methodology in all the parts, but there's, I guess it's savor and Bobby can certainly tell you better than I can what those are. But the silence, the silence part of it is a big practice of mine. And and I love that silence part of it. Yes. Chris, it's really interesting, and you asked the question. Um, Daniel made his way into the room, however that happened. Sounds like a purposeful accident to me. You know what I'm saying? I think my brother here in McGuire would tell you that that was a purposeful accident. And I think your friend has a phrase that he uses as well, right? What's the phrase, Chris, that your friend uses? Oh, uh, oh, oh, uh, productive accident. A productive accident, exactly. So whether it was a purposeful accident, a productive accident, or just a universal mosaic accident, doesn't really matter. What happened is we ended up in the same room together. Daniel was speaking, and he was on the stage, and Bree, who we interviewed on the podcast, invited Daniel to speak about a little bit about the mosaic, and then she talked about how she would recommend that if anybody enjoyed hearing Daniel speak, that instead of buying his book, that they get the audio book because he also is the one who's reading the audio book to you, literally, and you get to experience more of his voice. Well, I'm never one to not take action on something because it's my understanding that when something speaks to you, it's speaking to you for a reason. And the way that we honor that is by taking action in whatever's speaking to us. And as the book spoke to me, I think I might have immediately reached out to you and said, I think you got to get this book. I think there's something really powerful about this book. I think there's a message for humanity in this book. And I think Daniel was fortunate enough to be able to show up as the scribe. And I think the universe had plans for his book other than the plans that he had for his book. Totally. (laughs) And then the book just came through him. And when I read the book, well, Daniel, maybe I should back up a little bit. Can you tell the listeners about your journey of preparation for the book and how the book changed? Because I think you had plans for the type of book you were going to give to the world, totally. right? Yeah. Totally. Maybe I think for the backstory, it would really be important for the listeners to hear that. Thank you so much. As you see, I'm not a young man anymore. I'm young in my mind, but older in my body. And I, people have told me all my life, you've lived a very different life than most people. And it would be good for you to write something down so that people could see sort of how somebody, how another person lives life. So I thought, okay, I'm going to write something down. And I thought, what would I write? And I'd come across a lot of people, perhaps you have too, who said, if I only knew now, if I only knew then what I know now, I would live my life totally different. 
And so I said, that's really interesting. So now that you do know now what you know now, how are you living your life differently? And, and most of the time they would say, well, now I'm too old. Now I'm too, you know, now too much time has passed. Now I've lost the opportunities. But if I were to do it, if I had it then. And I said, really, that's interesting. I don't believe any of that's true. I believe there's a second version of your life that is really yours to live right now. And so the book that I was writing was called V2. And it was the second version of your life. And so I asked my friend what she thought of it, and she became my muse. And she said, Danny, you're not a self-help person. Why did you write a self-help book? I said, well, I was at Hay House all that time. I helped people grow their books. And I know that's what people like. She said, yeah, but it's, it doesn't feel right from you. She said, this isn't your book. And I said, what do you suggest I do? She said, Danny, you're a storyteller. Tell a story. And so jokingly, I said, because I'm a big barley guy, you know, manly man guy. I said, so what do you want me to do? Write a fable? And she said, yes, exactly. I want you to write a fable. And I fought her with both arms and legs for about a minute and a half, just screaming and kicking, saying, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy guy. I'm not going to write a fable until it sank in on me. And I thought the beauty of a story is that it doesn't teach anybody anything. You tell a story and the minute it comes out of your mouth, the minute it came out of my mouth into the ears of somebody else, it becomes their story because they hear it slightly differently based on their life experience. And it's not a vertical relationship where someone's teaching or helping or fixing or changing, but it's a horizontal relationship of just sitting around the campfire and sharing stories together. And that's what I really did. And the story became, um, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, bar none. Because I wrote the story based on characters that I'd met in my life, people that were real people. And I would write their chapters. And I would save the files. I'd wake up in the morning to look for the files that were saved and they were gone. And I said, I'm sorry, what the, what the heck happened here? I know how to save I'm not like a computer genius, but I know how to save a file. And I would do it again, and again it would happen. I would do it again, and again it would happen. I would do it again, and then I, I saw it was saved, and I thought, oh, thank God it's saved now. And I opened it up, and the file was corrupted. And I couldn't open it up. Finally, I had somebody else say, save the files for me, because I thought maybe I'm doing something wrong. So I said, I'm going to finish and save it. We saved, we were almost done with the whole book and my computer crashed. We saved everything on my computer except the book. The book was totally gone, we couldn't save it. So I created a Zoom call with these characters in my mind. And I said to them, what in God's name is going on with you guys? Why won't you let me write this book? And they said to me, Danny, you're telling us to say things that we don't wanna say, and we won't allow you to do that. And I said, God, with all due respect, you're my characters. I created you. Like, I should be able to give you an idea of what I want to say and say what I want to say through you. And they said, no, the minute you created us, we have our own reality. And you're not listening to us. And what I realized in that moment is that everything in life speaks to us. 
the characters in a book that I made up speak to me. The environment speaks to us. Our bodies speak to us. Our businesses speak to us. Our relationships speak to us. Our government speaks to us. Everything that we do speaks to us if we would only listen. And so I said, what do I need to do? And they said, just listen to us and the book will be done in one month. And the book is done in one month. And Bobby, I've had the honor of being in a room where you have read back to me, The Mirror Maker. And when I heard you read The Mirror Maker, it was as if I've never heard that story before. Mm. Because I didn't write it. It was as fresh to me in that moment as if I had never heard it before. And so there's something magic that happens when we allow life itself to speak to us and we listen. And I could not have written the book that the mosaic is now. There's no way. I was too arrogant, too, too aggressive, too... But in, in the possibility of that possibility, my life changed dramatically. They wrote the book that I needed to read. I was writing the book that humanity needed to read. They didn't care about humanity, they cared about me. And in caring about me, they said humanity will change. Well, can I ask you a question? I think this is kind of important sure. for, the, for the listeners you know, and viewers to understand. So how did you know which characters to introduce Mo to and when? Did the characters tell you when they needed to be introduced to Mo? Yeah. I, I literally, I literally sat back and I would say, "Who comes next?" Like I'm, I'm now. I had way more characters. I had fifty characters in the book when I first wrote it. Oh wow! I had a bunch of characters, and and you know, then it became just too much, too many, too many lessons, too many things, and and so I said, "Who, who of you needs to go away in order for this to be here?" And what is the order in which we follow? And my muse did help me. She would say, you know, okay, it's probably time that we bring in this guy or this okay. woman or this okay. one. And so, um, and she's fabulous. Her name is Sandy Sedgebeer and she's, I, I, she gets all the credit. I mean, if anybody wrote the book, they wrote the book, then she wrote the book, then I wrote the book. I mean, she was just the guiding force in the, right. in the whole process. And so I really, I'm not trying to be overly humble. I really, I really, like I wrote the words that I was given to write, but I didn't write the book. Daniel, there's a, a phrase in your book and it says, after all, most people believe there's a beginning, a middle and an end. What does that mean? Yeah. So for me, it was this really special moment because I knew there was a beginning and a middle and an end. But I was really good at beginning things. And I was really, like once I began something, I had the vision to be able to see the end. And so I raced through the middle. Because I, I, thought, I thought, why waste time on this middle? Because I already see where it's going. And my vision was good enough that it was actually the right place. I mean, it wasn't that I was taking it to the wrong place. So I created this something and I was great at finding creation points. And I was great at knowing where it was going to go. But somewhere along the line, the traveler who says that statement said to me, Danny, you're missing all of life. Because everything in life happens in the middle. We fall in love. We fall out of love. We fall down and scar, scar our leg. We get up and we get healed. 
we we take risks and we succeed we take risks and we fail all of that happens in the middle of life and by you racing through it you're missing the whole quality of what life is and what are you running so fast for like why is it so important for you to get to the conclusion but i remember even in school as a kid i was in like the third grade and they gave us very complicated math tests, just to test IQ. And they said, this is going to take probably about an hour and a half for you to do. Ten minutes later, I raised my hand and the teacher said, what's up? And I said, I'm finished. And she said, what are you talking about? You're finished. I said, I think I'm finished. I, I have the answers to the questions. And she looked at my paper and she saw, and she saw the answers were correct. And she said to me, let's go. Class, we'll be back in a little bit. I've got to take Danny to the principal's office. <laughs> she took me to the principal's office. She said, I'm having the secretary call your parents. You're being expelled from school today. And I said, I'm sorry, why, why would I be expelled from school? She said, there's no work on here. How did you get these answers? You didn't show the work that gave you these answers. I said, I have no idea how I know what the answers are but I know the answers. Are the answers are the answers right? And she said, yeah, the answers are right, but I have an idea how you know it. You cheated, someone told you the answers, and you don't know how to do the work. So we have a zero policy, a zero tolerance policy on cheating, and you're being expelled today. So we, the principal brought me in, and he said, Danny, I'm sorry to do this to you, you're a good kid, but we've got to expel you, your parents are on the way. I said, hold, hold, hold on one minute. I didn't cheat. I promise you I didn't cheat. They said, well, you can't prove that to us because there's nothing here that you can prove it. I said, sure I can. Give me 10 more questions and wait while my parents are on the route here. Lock me in a room that nobody knows you're giving me these questions and give me 10 more questions and see if I can come up with the answers to them. If I can't, then you're right. If I can, then maybe I'm right. They gave me 10 questions. Five minutes later, I knocked on the door and they said, what's up? And I said, I'm finished. And I handed it to them and they said, how did you get these answers? I said, I know, that's why I'm in this room. <laughs> and I said, I have no idea how I know the answers to these questions. But again, it was the same thing. I, I knew the beginning, I knew the end. I didn't have any idea what the middle looked like. It was the same tendency that I brought from a little kid to an adult, that I didn't take the time to be with the middle. Wow. And the traveler in my book, The Mosaic, said, Danny, whoa, slow it all down. Let me introduce you to the middle. Mm. I love the way, so speaking of the traveler, I captured a little piece of that because that was one of the things that spoke to me too. But what I really loved is the way that you had Mo speak to her without speaking and how he could hear her without a word being spoken. Yeah. What a magical yeah. way to demonstrate that communication doesn't necessarily have to happen in the way we think it does. Yeah. So how did you know those answers, right? Those answers were communicated to you in a way different than the teacher, the principal, or anybody else was used to or understood. They were communicated to you in a way that didn't make sense to them. Does that mean that that communication can't happen or that it doesn't exist? Well, obviously when they put you in the other room and gave you 10 additional questions, you demonstrated to them in real time that something was happening. It didn't mean that they had to understand it, but you were able to demonstrate that something was happening, right? 
Yeah, and it's it's even more than you and me and them and us. What the mosaic was trying to show me through all of that is the way that I see the world is just that. It's the way I see the world. That is not the way the way the way the world is. Maybe on rare occasion the way I see it and the way it is coincide. But it's really on rare occasion that that happens. Yeah. Most of the time the world is so much deeper and so much greater and so much more elaborate than the world that I see. Yeah. And to give myself the opportunity to slow down and be able to experience the world that is visible to those who take the time to look at it. It is an amazing reality. It's hearable to those who take the time to listen to it. It's an amazing reality that I had never known before. And the, and the wise man in the book, you tried to push right past the wise man. Absolutely. And the wise man kind of put, when I say you, I'm talking about the character of Mo. Yeah. In the, in, I say you because embodied spirit of you writing the story of Mo's journey. Yeah. Mo tried to push past the wise men and the wise men did not take kindly to that. No, no. And the wise men Your, make Mo slow down, right? Yeah, totally, totally. And and life in general will make us slow down if we try and push past it too much. Yeah, it'll let us get away with a few games and whistles and bells <laughs> for a little while, right? <laughs> for a little while, but when it's when. Every step of the journey is important. And it's not the beginning that's more important than anything or the, or the end that's more important. The middle has its importance too. And when you take one step and one step in each process of the step at a time, every step every, in the pace of life is just an extraordinary step. It's filled with so much more than we know. Yeah, Daniel, I... I I really appreciate you talking about the one step. I think you know from knowing a little bit about me and my background that I give credit to all, almost all of my life, at least all of my life since the 4th of July, 1990, to this idea of trying to literally live just one day at a time, right? And, but for the grace of God and my God, the God of my understanding, my higher power, I've been gifted with an opportunity to live each day one day at a time and like everybody else i'm always learning and that's why when this book presented itself to me i was like oh my gosh there's so many people in this book that i know these people have been a part of my life too how is it possible that these same people that are in daniel's book were a part of my life as well when daniel and i never even knew each other before the mosaic yeah. came to be I love and it. I love it. it was in the understanding of the fact that it's the mosaic. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love that. And for some people, they'll feel that way. And in some people, they may not feel that way. But more importantly than what my characters are saying to you, mm -hmm. what are the characters that you come across in your life saying to you? Yes. If it's not, you know, you wrote a beautiful a beautiful piece for medium, which is you're the carpenter. And I love, I love that piece that you wrote because there's, there's another character. The carpenter's another character. There are so many, if I were writing it now, I would write about the mailman. Yeah. 
Yes. Because so, because so often now I feel like I'm just a mailman carrying a package that has inside of it the gift of love that I'm leaving in the rooms that I go into. Mm. And so every single, every single human being in every single occupation, when they do it with the totality of their heart, they don't need to stand up and give classes. They just need to live their life. And in the beauty of their life is a lesson for us all to see. Yeah. Look how beautiful it is that you can write a letter and the mailman will deliver it to whoever you want it to go to. Right? Uh, uh, I mean, all around the world. It doesn't matter. Yes. It, it, it literally can go anywhere. And that's the way gratitude works as well. And that's why we're so excited about having you on the podcast. Because gratitude doesn't cost anything. It's free to all of us. And at any moment of time, we could fill out a postcard we could send a letter we could just write a note you don't even have to send anything you can do it virtually you could send somebody a text message that simply says i was simply thinking of you and i wanted you to know it so therefore instead yeah. of me just thinking it i have now told you with this text message i hope you're having a wonderful day whatever yeah. language it is that we're using right and the formula that and the format that Chris has for even the email notes that he sends of having his postcards in there are so, is so, it it really makes a difference in your life when I got those when I get those emails and I see those postcards there it just instantly brings a smile to my face and it's just such a beautiful work that you're doing Chris to have to stop people for a moment and just let them absorb gratitude because we it, run it, so fast. <laughs> it's it's, 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 uh, Chris, it's, just real quick, just real quick. Okay, it's okay. so interesting. I want to just bring in a little bit of, of the reality of the moment. It's so interesting. Here we are, we're doing this show, we're having this podcast. And normally I think if somebody was doing a podcast and everything didn't go just right, like for example, if you heard a train in the background or if you heard <laughs> the men outside um, that are probably trimming the grass or whatever that they're doing, that that's a disruption. But the reality is that, Daniel, isn't that a part of the mosaic as well? Totally, totally. It's an absorption. It's not a disruption. Yes. It's everything is a part of the moment that we're a part of. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Chris was right. about to say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, uh, last year when I was working on my book, I uh, Bobby introduced me to another amazing guy there's a, a great book on gratitude uh this guy named mark recklock i think i'm pronouncing his last name right um does that sound right bobby okay recklow i think it's recklow, okay it, it, yeah. yeah and i and i was reading his book and it's a really short book like a 100 page book on gratitude and it's excellent you know it's the same thing where bobby just directed me to somebody like you very similar idea and i'm reading this book and he has one chapter on writing you know writing letters and it'd been a long time since i'd wrote a letter but because I was reading this and where I was in my life, I was thinking, I just clicked. I was like, you know what I can do? I can handwrite something. Because originally this was just on paper, Daniel. I can handwrite a letter, I can scan it, and I can send it. Because I was like, okay, great thing is I get the, I know the physicality of writing means something. And I know people receiving the physicality of writing means something. And I don't have to mail it to them. I could do it all here with a piece of paper, a pen, and a scanner. Like, 
Um, yep. And that was the initial idea. And then when I got these postcards, it was like, it made sense for me to like, just write a postcard. This is my thing, a physicality, take a picture of it. And the great thing about me sending them is, hold on, let me show you this. I have this right here. You guys will appreciate this. So I've got my, doing? I got this recently. It's my great, my grateful box, right? So wow, I, I love so, it. So I have all those handwritten letters, the letters. I have those in a wow. book, but here's my postcards. <laughs> wow. These are these wow. are every time I write one and I send it, it it gets put in here, and it gets put in that. here. But uh, that that all came out of this organically. That's just to think about that, right? Old school idea, writing a letter. I'm just sitting there though, and I read about a gratitude book about writing a letter, which I get. But then because of whatever reason I'm sitting in that moment, I go, let me try this. Yeah. And there we go. <laughs> it's a gorgeous idea. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Daniel, there's a, another spot in the book that I really want to bring some attention to because I think it's so important. Um, obviously, there's the lessons of, of patience that's given to, to Mo by, you know, and, and I think it was a really important lesson. But there's another really powerful piece of the book um, where there's a conversation that takes place and says, if you listen, the broken pieces have stories to tell, but most yeah. of us are too busy. So often these stories go unheard. So what I'm wondering is, are there any specific stories that you've heard since the publication of this book yeah. that is a story that's worth sharing now with the yeah. audience? So today I had a very, what I perceived to be a very difficult conversation that was looming in, the, in front of me. And so over the weekend, my brother came to visit me, and my brother and I don't see each other all that much. He's not that far away, but we're, we sometimes can be far away in our thought processes. And we love each other so very much, but we have habit patterns of wanting to take care of each other and wanting to be there and wanting to suggest what the other one could do. And we both are not people who like to be told what to do very much. and so. We have our, our backs go up. But he came to visit. Um, and we went to the beach together. And I said, I'd really love your insight because I think you're just brilliant. And I would love your insight on this situation that I'm about to deal with. And he did something so beautiful. He said, we're sitting in front of the ocean as you look out on the ocean, what do you see? And I said, I see this beautiful benevolence. I see this overflowing energy that just races to the shore and it crashes into the shore. And as soon as it dissolves, another wave comes and takes its place. And then another and another, and it's a never ending blessing of just this energy. And the sound fills my ears and it's just exquisite sound. And so he said, okay, how would you take that image of what, you do, of, of what you just saw and infuse it into the difficultness of this situation? How would it allow you to change your perspective of the way you see things? Because you're seeing things as this is the way they are going to be. You're, pre, you're predetermining this is who they are. What would happen if you saw them like a current changing? with everything and I it opened me up a little but you know we get for me 
I get so fixated sometimes in the way I see the world that it's hard for me to open up a new perspective to another way of seeing the world. So he saw I was struggling, so then he said, okay, th take a look at that guy walking. Tell me what you see. Mm. And I said, I see him walking. He has a bag in his hand that seems pretty heavy. And his shoulders are tilted a little bit to that side. And he's walking and walking, carrying that bag. So he says, okay, now how would that perspective of what you just saw help you to see into the perspective of what you're about to have in this conversation? And it was such an exquisite way to see just that life around us is talking to us. And it's right there in front of us as, as hints to how we can open up our lives to something new. And I was so thankful for him. And I had the conversation this morning. The conversation went better than we could ever imagine before we even got to some of the tricky points. Wow. The woman we were having the conversation with said, well, let me just tell you where I am now. Things have changed a lot. And I think we, we are open to doing this, 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 and this. It was at least as much as what we were thinking, sometimes even more. And, and it just blows my mind how the fixity of our minds create the fixity of our situation. And when we open up to the fact that there could be new possibilities, boy, we're getting lots of sounds. I like that. We're getting... Uh, <laughs> Real life happening here. Oh, Real it, life. It really is. That was the street cleaner. So we got to come up with a character for the street cleaner. There you but go. really, what happens when the street cleaner comes and cleans up the streets of my mind? Yes. And, uh, and allows me to have another perspective that allows it to be clean of all the garbage that I or have. Or the trash man, maybe. Or the trash man. The trash man came already. That was one of the sounds you heard. Different but, kind of trash man, though, right? Yes, yes. Different kind totally. of trash man. Totally. But everything in life, if we, it, like we think the sounds that are coming by us are sounds that are interrupting our life, what if they were actually enhancing our life? Yes. What if they were actually sharing ways to see the world that we weren't able to see before? Daniel, you asked me to think about some things and I've been thinking quite a little bit. And you Good. asked me to think about who I might be in my own story. You know, and you told me that, Bobby, you could be, continue to be an author the way you are. You could write a book every single year if you wanted to. And you said, if that's what you choose to do, I bless you in that. Or you said you could you could really focus on it. You can open yourself up to the universe and you could ask the universe what the universe wants to do with you. And I don't yes. know whether this is right, wrong or otherwise, Daniel, because I don't think that there's a right, wrong or otherwise. Right. Mm -hmm. I think there's just no. the universe and there's the way that we show up in it. But this is what came to me in the moment. I just wanted to share it with you. Thank you. I am the storyteller. I see the connectedness in everything and everyone. I tell stories so that others might learn of this connectedness on their own so that the world can again become a more connected place for my grandchildren. I want them to feel connected to both their parents and the street artist, to see the beauty the gardener sees, to understand that none of us are broken and there's nothing to fix, that everything can become stronger in the broken places when they are reconnected to the mosaic. Wow. You're my brother. All you have to say is, I'm, all I have to now say is, I'm your brother, because that is who I am as well. And so let's walk together through the land and tell stories that enthrill in, in the universe 
and bring people together to hold each other and hug each other and love each other and be with each other in ways they never thought they could imagine before. Yeah, and Daniel, I know personally what it means to feel unlovable. There's a part of the book where Mo is experienced this feeling of, of being unlovable. And I, I know that experience from my own life, right? Of coming from parents that were way too young that gave birth to me at 15 and 17 and losing track of my mom along the way and then being reunited with her as a full grown man and not understanding why my father couldn't have me be a part of his life and not knowing the deep secret that was hidden behind all that. And that I stood in judgment of a man who I really didn't know much about and how there's a lesson for me in that, that, you know, we think we know things about other people. We think we know things about the universe and there's things that we don't know that are just as important as the things that we do know. I'm reminded of, um, I'm reminded of a perspective that comes from Charles Horton Cooley's The Looking Glass Theory, where he says, I'm not who I think I am. I'm not who you think I am. I am who I think you think I am. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. It's, it's beautiful when we open ourselves up to the possibility that what we see is just what we see. Mm-hmm. For me, the beauty of one of the beautiful, beautiful things of the mosaic is that in every single case, when Mo, the protagonist, sat with the character in front of him, who he thought they were before he showed up and sat with them, completely diminished because once he listened to them tell him their stories, he saw an entirely different human being behind the facade of what he thought he knew them to be. And I believe that everything in life is just exactly that. That if we would take time to sit with ourselves, we would see we're not what we think we are. Yeah if we would take time to sit with the people that we associate with and really listen to them, we would see they're not who we think they are. If we would take time to sit with the homeless man or the stranger or the blind woman or, or the executive and we would get underneath the persona and just let them tell us their story we would be amazed at the people we see. How important is love, Daniel? Um, for me, it's everything. But it doesn't and how do you express for... that? How do you make sure that people can understand that in the book? I don't do anything to do that. I let love just do it. I invite love. And what I did when I created the mosaic or when it created itself for me, is I asked that as soon as somebody see it, they didn't even have to pick it up or read it. I just wanted them to be able to look at it and make them feel better. And clearly if they picked it up, I wanted them to feel loved. But there's an energy that is beyond the energy that I have. I can't do any of that. I find myself wanting to be so self-important by saying, well, this is what I did and this is what I did and this is what I did and this is what I did. I didn't do anything. 
Daniel, I want to correct you on one thing. You did do one thing. Um, and I think this is really important for people to understand. Okay. It, and, and, and I think this is, I think this is really, really important because what you did, Daniel, is you did your part. You showed up to be the scribe. Yeah. You showed up to be kick, the scribe. Kick. But you have to understand, I did my part kicking and screaming. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't, everything about what happened turned out to be almost in spite of me rather than because of me. And I appreciate you making that distinction that, yeah, you showed up. But you know what? With all due respect, if I didn't show up, somebody else would have been given the honor to write it. And so there is, in a world that's self-importance itself, I want to talk about the beauty of how being just an ordinary human being and how beautiful, exquisitely beautiful the ordinary is. And there goes the street cleaner again. Well, well, let's talk about just how ordinary a flower girl and a waitress are. Oh, yeah, I love that flower girl. Oh, the flower girl. Uh, um, boy. So I was told by a psychic that I gave no value to. I laughed at him when he said it. That I would meet a girl who would offer me a flower. <laughs> and I would know from that moment on that she was my everything. Oh my goodness. And that um, and that I wouldn't be given the gift of having her. That the gift would be taken from me. Mm. And I thought about that long and hard through the course of my life. And what I've realized is, I guess I over-exaggerate or I overplay, or things happen for me in bigger ways than normal. I've probably met 10 or 12 flower girls in my life. Mm -hmm. All of which have had an outrageous impact on me. And even the flower girl has become a mosaic of a boutique of flowers that has given me love in a way that I have no idea how I could love without them. I'm obviously married to the flower girl that I'm married to, and she's an exquisite human being. But I talk with her about the other flower girls. It isn't the most popular conversation for <laughs> most people to have. But she knows her other flower girls. <laughs> and it is a it is a very sensitive situation, but she knows how much I love her. Mm -hmm. And she knows that I would never leave for another. But it doesn't make sense that in this life that love would be limited, this eternal vast love would be limited to coming from one person in one place. That doesn't mean you act on it. That doesn't mean you, you disregard your values. But it doesn't mean you don't openly accept that love also. Wow, Dan, you know, I, I got to tell you, I'm really grateful because I, I, 
I know I would have found you, or actually I think the mosaic would have found me eventually, but because of the Miracle Morning, because of Brianna Greenspan, yeah. because, oh God, of her, because of the savers, right? Silence, affirmation, visualizations, exercise, reading and scribing, because of those elements and me saying, okay, I understand how these work in life. I think I want to be a part of that. Because I said yes to that, I was in the room the day that you showed up and this was yeah. all introduced to me. And then I had my conversation with Chris and I've done most of the talking in this show and Chris is just sitting there taking all this in. And Chris, I know you've got some questions for Daniel. And before we run out of time, I want you to be able to ask Daniel your questions too, so that the audience can feel like they were been served by both of us today. Now, Daniel, in all fairness, Chris and I did have a conversation about the questions ahead of time, only because I told Chris I wanted some, I wanted some more clarification about the importance of some of these characters and how they played. And the other thing is, is I wanted to make sure that this interview served everybody, right? Totally, totally. Yeah. So, Chris, um, you're muted, buddy. You're muted. We got we got you for another four minutes here. Okay, so uh, thanks, Bobby. No, it's, time goes by so fast. So, you know, one of my go-to questions are, uh, Daniel, if you were going to explain gratitude to a 10-year-old, how would you do that? Wow. Beautiful question. To a four year, if I were no, to explain. 10 year to old. 10 year to old. To a 10 year old. Well, mm -hmm. I would probably say, do you know how you felt when out of nowhere? You were given something that you always wanted. And you have no idea why you got it. It wasn't your birthday. It wasn't Christmas. Mm. It wasn't the holiday. But you were given something that you've always wanted. And you know how you felt in that moment. To me, that's the essence of gratitude. When you're given a gift that you least expect that you want more than anything, but you haven't done anything to receive, to earn it. But it's just given to you. Hmm. That that's, is a, that's a moment where you're so thankful. That's beautiful, man. I love that. Uh, to follow up, and I know we only have a couple minutes left, if you're going to explain the mosaic, so we're going to broaden this out to a 10-year-old. I mean, obviously, it could be very similar to what you said, but it would... Could you take it a little further in that vein? Yeah. yeah. I would try and say, perhaps, that there is a benevolent, kind force that moves through this world that will find you at every place you go to let you know you're never alone. Mm -hmm. No matter how empty you feel, no matter how uh, how violated or empty or alone or mistreated or mistrusted, know that there is a benevolent force that's here. That is just clearing the way to connect you to the next part of your life. And anything you want, anything, you're just one piece away from. And when you see the pieces that surround you, not as walls that protect you,
but gateways that open you up to the totality of everything that is, to the rest of the pieces of the mosaic. You have access in that moment to everything that ever was, everything that ever will be. And so don't get limited by what you think is. Take access to the world that you don't even know is possible by just connecting to the piece that's right in front of you. Thank you for that, Daniel. Thank you for your time. Would, would you like to, I know you got a minute here, two minutes, but um, just for people that are listening with us, if they want to reach out to you or they want to find you or can you just give them some places to go? Sure. Um, they can go to my website, danielbrucelevin.com. It's been down for a few days, but they promised me it's coming back up. Some glitch at the GoDaddy uh, place. Um, and they can get the mosaic on Amazon. It's available in audio uh, there, or they can get it on Audible and audio. Uh, they can get it also as a book. And my wife translated it into Spanish, so it's also available in Spanish from, from Amazon at El Mosaico. And it's being translated now, believe it or not, into um, Iranian, what, into a woman read it and said, I just, would you let me translate it into, into uh, Farsi? Farsi. Wow. Said, yes. Said, oh. well, Talk about an aftermath that. of the book coming out, right? What he was asking earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, that's so cool, right? And we're also doing something that just blows my mind, which is another conversation. But we're creating an NFT from one of the stories, which is absolutely, mm. we're blending together art, music, publishing, healing, and film to create a one minute story that will be just absolutely exquisite. Well, well what about when social? You get that done, we got to have you come on and you could talk about I, that whole thing. And show I us. would love, 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 love that. Yeah, I would love to show it to you and, and do it. it. It is going to be exquisite. What about social, Daniel? Clubhouse, right? Where do they find you on Clubhouse? Clubhouse is at the Mosaic. Uh, all my, all, if you go to, if you go to um, DanielBruceLevin.com, you'll see all my social media links there. Awesome, man. Well, it's, you, you, I know you got to go. So Bobby and I are going to talk. You're going to go, and Bobby and I are going to talk a little more about you. Okay, <laughs> I trust. I trust that. That's all good. Thank you. Yeah, you know it is. Thank you. Know you. It is. Thank you so much for having me. I love you guys. Thank you so, 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 so much for having me. And when you see Brianna, tell her thank you for the miracle of her that made all this possible. Chris, Oh, trust I love me. Daniel, you see the title up at the top up here, right? The Miracle Morning yes. Series, right? I love it. I love it. So we're thinking about the mosaic of the Miracle Morning and all of the characters are showing up to that space. And could we slowly introduce people to all of these different voices? There was a voice that showed up today that was a Batman character. Who knew, right? Who knew Batman oh, yeah, totally. was a Miracle Morning, right? But Batman did come. So thank you, Daniel. Thank you, thank Daniel. You. Thank you so Until much. next time, love you, brother. It was wonderful. Thank you big, so much. Big Have love. Thank you guys day. so much. Big love. Ciao. Big love. Ciao, big bye. love. Ciao. Excellent. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. Chris, I'll let you keep the conversation going. I did most of the talking. I think it was great that we had that opportunity with the understanding that I had I had 
a chance to really kind of get to know Daniel a little bit deeper, right? And I really wanted your audience to get to know Daniel a little bit better. I hope we opened up the door at least a little bit today, the door of gratitude, <laughs> so that people can see a little bit more about who Daniel is as a human being and who he had to be to show up to write this book that came through him, not from him, right? As a matter of fact, the book that resisted his wanting to write it his way that was basically redirected. And I don't think he had any choice in the end, but to write the book the way that it ended up presenting itself, which is pretty magical, right? Right. And, you know, there was, um, you know, there was so much stuff that we kept jumping from one thing to another. I, I, your question about the beginning, middle and end, I kept thinking, you know, the middle is where is where life happens. The middle is now the middle is gratitude. But at the same time, I was thinking, even taking that further, because they're all steps, it's just being it's being intentional and present for each step, right? It's realizing this is a place. It's opposed to something's just happening, right? Like opposed to watching the movie, you're actually in the movie. <laughs> that that idea that this these are things are happening. So you could get excited and go, well, this is the beginning. I don't know what this means. And I, I have a lot. I, I feel like I'm really good and present about beginnings because I do my best to create beginnings all day long. And I'm excited about beginnings. And then obviously these are, these are middle sections. I don't, you know, we, the beginning with the middle section is, but it's about being present for these. It's about showing up for those places, for the people. Yeah. And then, um, you know, and then you can obviously at the end, if you, if you think about, you can make an intentional and understand this is an ending and then new beginnings around the corner too. Right. So, but I felt like the, the middle is basically the now the present and just being aware of being that that's where the magic is, 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 is in that middle section of our story, which is now our whole story is right now, right? When it ends, yes. it's over, but our story as a life is right. We are always in the middle and that's where life is. That's where gratitude is. That's where you see everything. Yeah. That's where you're with people. That's where you can appreciate what's around you because you're in it as opposed to letting it drive by you. I, my metaphor is like you have people drive to work every day the same way. And they see nothing because it's the same path. The middle should be you every day driving a different way to your work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Alan Watts talked about this in a unique way in one of his messages where he was using the dance floor as a metaphor for, you know, what is the purpose of dance? And he said the purpose of dance isn't to arrive at a specific spot on the dance floor. The purpose of dance is to dance. Right. Right. So why are we in such a hurry to start and then get to that finish point? Right. When we do that, we miss the dance. Hmm. Mm. Love that. Um, wow. You know, uh, so closing up here because we've, you and I have officially decided to have a series. I thought it'd be fun <laughs> and we'll, we can incorporate this more later. But the cool thing is, is I can go, all right, Bobby. So let's talk about our bud Yorati. We had a really nice conversation with him. You, you know, and it's 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 on YouTube. It's on all the podcasting platforms. So if people are interested in watching that, what were maybe a couple takeaways about Ron's session with us? Well, in particular, I thought it was really really awesome the way that Ron explained the way the music comes to him and how music shows up for him in his life and what it means to him. And then to hear him talk about songwriting and then also the gift of being able to show up and share his gift. He sees his music as a gift. Also, once again, that comes 
through him, right? He says he's just a vessel, a vehicle for the expression of music. So he was offered the opportunity to come and share that on the Miracle Morning, right? So the Miracle Morning is like the sacred container for all of these things to show up in. And what we're doing is allowing a little bit more of a focus on some of the individuals that are that come and make a contribution to that sacred container. One of the individuals that's making a big contribution there is our friend, our mutual friend, Michael O'Brien and his, you know, his gratitude movement. And, and I, I call it a movement because it is a movement. It's, it, it's a movement of gratitude using pause, breathe and reflect as the vehicle to get people to slow down and notice all the things that they should be or could be thankful for. That if they didn't slow down, if they didn't pause, if they didn't breathe, if they didn't reflect, then many of the things that they might otherwise miss, the things that we take for granted, the things that they notice when they slow down, when they pause, breathe and reflect, then they can be grateful for those things. So everything is interconnected. Everything literally is. These are all the pieces of the mosaic that come together. And it's the space between the space that weaves it all together and then creates a beautiful picture. That's beautiful. Let's uh, one more, one more step. Uh, we had uh, Brianna on and uh and that's another episode that's up on the YouTube page. It's on Facebook. It's on all the podcasting platforms. So you want to, can you speak a little bit about what we uh, spoke about with her? Yeah, I, I think one of the, what was probably the most compelling piece about Brianna is the way that she's become a leader. She was never really a leader. As a matter of fact, she was muted, if you will. She was afraid, I think, maybe to share her voice with the world. She was a powerful influencer behind the scenes, but she didn't want to be the person out front. She didn't want to be the one leading the charge. Well, this platform and the partnership that she has with Hal Elrod with the Miracle Morning and her taking on the work of being basically the Miracle Morning conductor of Clubhouse where she shows up and creates this sacred safe container for people to come and share and pour their hearts out and to be supported in the, in whatever it is that's coming up for them. And then using the savers as a format for how to create change in the world and to have her come on the show and share all of what that's meant to her and how much of a struggle that was for her, for her to show up authentically so that others might be able to see that, well, and I think Brianna has a, a say, do, do, thing, do hard things, right? Do things that are hard. And when we show up in the face of adversity, you know, the adversity that's going to show up for us every day, when we show up and do our part, then we can do hard things. Yeah. Right. That's beautiful. I think that's a great place to close it out. And um, we're not sure who our next guest is, but I'm sure you have uh, some ideas floating around your head, which we can talk about as soon as I finish this broadcast. So, um, Thanks, man. It's been awesome. It's always great spending time with you. I'm glad we can have these conversations. Dan was awesome. Obviously, uh, we, we have a, we'll have to do a second one sometime down the road with him. Um, so uh, good things are always happening. So I'm Chris with uh, Bobby just saying, right, everybody, they got a lot to be grateful for, and we will be seeing you again really soon. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris.